Good evening. Happy Thursday, December 28th. This is Talking Sports with Evan. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And what a crazy week it has been in Packerland. Jair Alexander suspended against the Vikings in a game that is pretty much a must-win game for Green Bay. If they win, they have a shot at the playoffs. If they lose, they're basically eliminated. They're going to be going into the game without Jair Alexander, who just came back from injury for a suspension due to conduct uh, detrimental to the team. And one of the things we are going to discuss, the Alexander situation, I am going to discuss the Packer victory over the Carolina Panthers, 33-30. to And typically, I am a never apologize for a win. Winning is hard. And never apologize for a win. But there's a few issues in this game on Sunday against Kansas City that concerns me. And there's a few things that kind of have me excited as well. But as I said, there's also a few things that concern me with what I saw on Sunday against Carolina. Going to talk about that. Going to preview the Packers versus the Vikings and just so give some general Milwaukee Bucks thoughts uh, to finish out tonight's show. I am Evan Wattallison, like I said, talking sports with Evan. You can find me on Twitter or X or whatever you're calling the app these days at Evan Witt Sports. Give me a follow. You can also find me on Facebook at uh, at Find it at Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook. You can find the show on YouTube as well, Evan Wattallison. And I am looking for suggestions I can include in my show next week, which would be the first show of 2024. And I'm looking for top sports stories of 2023 in Wisconsin. And I, I do have some I put out on X earlier today. Some of the ones that stand out, and I will figure out my rankings when I get them, is Aaron Rodgers being traded to the New York Jets. That happened in 2023. The whole odd darkness retreat and will he, won't he retire, and eventually he gets traded to the Jets. The Badger women's hockey team won a national championship once again in 2023. The Badger football team started a new era in football with Luke Fickle taking over as the head football coach. Craig Council left the state of Wisconsin to go to the Chicago Cubs. New era in Badger men's hockey. Marquette is the Big East champions. The Jordan Love era has started in Wisconsin or in Green Bay and the Jordan Love era is off to a good start in Packerland. Dame is a Milwaukee Buck. Adrian Griffin Griffin getting the Bucks head coaching job. So there's a lot of different options for top sports stories of 2023. For the state of Wisconsin, you could also throw in uh, Sarah Franklin winning National Player of the Year in women's volleyball after it being a possibility that she didn't play volleyball at all in 2023 and possibly not play volleyball again due to a blood clot issue in her arm. 
believe it was her arm that she got treated. So I'm looking for your top sports stories of 2023. You can put a, you can send them to me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan, or you can tweet at me at Evan Witt Sports, or you can DM me on Twitter as well. Just let me know what your top sports stories were in 2023. And in my show next week, I will go over some of the top stories in 2023 and also talk about some of the things most looking forward to in the world of sports in 2024. It is hard to believe that 2024 is literally just a few days away. This time next week, we're going to be in a whole new year. Uh, Monday is January 1st. So it is kind of uh, surprising. So before we, I guess, time to change gears, get into the topics of tonight's show. And the first thing to start off with is the Packers versus Carolina Panthers. Packers get the 33-30 to victory. And I'm going to start off with the good, things I liked about the game. And I think one of the biggest things I liked about the game is Jordan Love. He didn't put up the the passing numbers that he had uh, previously over the past few weeks where he's pushing 300 yards. But he had 219, two touchdowns on 17 and 26, 28, I'm sorry. And he was very efficient with the football. And he, he did enough to win. He was missing, he's missing Christian Watson going into the game. He's missing Jaden Reed going into the game. He loses Wicks during the game. He doesn't have Musgrave. And he proceeds to find a way to win. He's relying on Romeo Dobbs, Tucker Kraft, Bull Milton, Malik Keith, Samari Torre in the second half and some of those guys during the first half that's who he's depending on in this in this game after wick scored the a touchdown before halftime he got a chest injury and didn't return and jordan love made some big boy throws on that final drive that put the packers ahead 33 to 30. had an outstanding throw to Romeo Dobbs, which I get there's some conversation if it was a catch or not. I feel it was a catch. I think we, I think we stress too much on him turning over and the ball coming out. I think he did everything he had to do to make the catch. He had possession of the ball. He went down and bounds. When he hit the ground, the ball never moved. When he turned to the side, that's when he lost the ball. And I, I I feel he had the ball long enough to make it a catch. But the NFL has us all confused on what is and what isn't a catch. There was a catch a play against the Giants that Malik Keith should have had a touchdown, had the ball secure in the end zone, two feet down, secured the ball, and the Giant player came and knocked it out shortly. A, kind of a bang-bang type situation. But that should have been a touchdown. But because we don't know what is and what isn't a catch anymore, it got ruled incomplete after review. And it went from there. So 
But anyways, back to Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love was very impressive and against Carolina. Carolina was doing different things defensively against against him, and I think he definitely did enough to win. And if you're still on the fence, if Jordan Love is a viable starting quarterback in the NFL or not, or you're on the other side of the fence saying he is not the viable NFL starting quarterback, then you don't want to see it. You just don't want to see it. Jordan Love's numbers on the year, he's going to, he has 3,500 yards passing right now, just under 3,600 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, and just uh, 11 interceptions. And he has looked very impressive as of late, having quarterback ratings in the hundreds. Uh, One, 109 against Carolina, 111 against Tampa Bay, 118 against Kansas City, 125 against Detroit, 108 against the Chargers, 115 against the Rams, 123 against the Bears. He was at 113 against Atlanta. If you don't think Jordan Love is an NFL starting quarterback or the starting quarterback for the Packers, moving forward, then like I said, you just refuse to see it. And it's not a Jordan Love issue, it's a you issue. I've seen enough from Jordan Love to state that he is going to be a very good starting quarterback for this Green Bay Packer team. And the fact that he's doing what he's doing, the fact that he's putting up the numbers that he is putting up, he's possibly going to throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in his first year as a starter with first and second year players at the wide receiver and tight end position, missing his franchise left tackle for all but one game. Aaron Jones has been in and out of the lineup and Christian Watson has been in and out of the lineup and Jordan loves putting up the numbers. He is with guys that are young and inexperienced. As I mentioned, all first and second year players in the wide receiver room and the tight end room. And he hasn't had Luke Musgrave for a few weeks now due to his lacerated kidney. I I am very impressed with the poise that Love has shown. Now, is he is there things he needs to work on? Yes, he needs to work on protecting the football better. Um, he has eight fumbles on the season. I don't think he's really lost any except for maybe one. But he has eight fumbles on the season. So that's one element he's going to have to improve on. And I think just his footwork needs to be more consistent. And I think as as his uh, footwork gets more consistent, I think his long ball is going to get more consistent as well. But he's only 25 years old in his first year as a starter. And Jordan loves doing very good things. And like I said, if you don't think he is a viable option as starting quarterback, for this team, then I don't know what to tell you. Other things I liked in the Carolina game, Aaron Jones, 21 carries, 127 yards. And when he's on the field, the offense just looks like a completely different product. And the offense was fine without him for the past, you know, the past few weeks before last week and this week, but he just adds a different element to the offense. It just seems to be a more well-oiled machine when Aaron Jones is on that field. Um, 
So that's the one thing that I liked. And Tucker Craft, four catches for 60 yards in the game, including a huge catch that converted a first down that allowed the Packers to take as much time off the clock as they did. Because if there would have been an extra one or two seconds on that clock, Carolina is able to attempt a game-tying field goal. But nonetheless, Tucker Craft had some nice catches, another hurdle, which I hope he cuts back on doing a little bit, to be perfectly honest. I don't need Tucker Craft hurt, but the hurdles on the sidelines, trying to jump over people, uh, things that I really enjoy. And before I get critical on the defense, there's a lot on the defense not to like. I'm going to talk about a couple of things that I do like. And it's not really a Carolina thing. It's more of, of the last few weeks. And Lucas Van Ness, he needs to play more. He needs to play more. He's very good against the run. He's very disciplined when it comes to rushing the passer. He needs to play more. I I I, I like Kingsley Ngambare potential in in certain situations, but Lucas Van Ness should be getting more of Kingsley Ngambare snaps. He really should. And he's a guy you can play in with his hand in the dirt. He's getting more comfortable at playing out of the two-point stance. I think we need to see Van Ness and Rashawn Gary on the field more frequently together. And I think Preston Smith had a great game as well on Sunday. He had a sack and a half. I think he had a really strong game. Uh, he very dependable, stout against the run, and you know what you're going to get from him week in and week out. But I wouldn't even mind seeing Van Ness eat into some of Preston Smith's snaps over the course of these last two games as well. Things I didn't like, Packers still letting guys run wide open in the middle of the field. They're still passing guys in zone from one guy to another when there's nobody else in the next area. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie guilty of that in this game. Uh, early in the game, after the Packers went up 7-0, the, the first big play Carolina had, McDuffie passed on the tight end, and he passed them on to nobody. And I like McDuffie. I think he plays hard. I think he's a good tackler. He's good in the box but his coverage does leave a lot to be desired. And I, I like the defense with McDuffie and Walker on the field together. Nothing against Campbell. I just think those two on the field together, you get better aggression up front. And part of that could be Campbell's uh, dealing with a neck injury this season. But I just like what Walker and McDuffie have been doing, especially if McDuffie can get better in coverage. I know Walker hasn't done the best in coverage the last couple weeks, but I think Walker brings good athleticism, did some really nice things at the line of scrimmage this week, filled gaps, forcing the runner to have to pick a different gap and allowing other guys to clean it up. I don't like the Packers scheme. I've been saying that. I said it last week. I've said it before. I do not like the scheme that Joe Barry runs. And I think that's part of the problem with this defense. They got talented guys on this defense. And I know one of the guys at my my uh, my work, when I brought that up, was saying, no, they don't. I have a hard time believing that they don't have any talent on this defense. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Quay Walker, um, 
Jair Alexander when his head's in the game when he's not suspended. All talented players. Eric Stokes coming back from injury. We'll see what he is. TJ Slayton's been solid up front at times. The issue, I think, a lot is the scheme and the coaching. Too often, the Packers are playing with a soft box in the middle, and your middle linebackers, be it Walker, McDuffie, or or Campbell, are having to take on the center or guards pretty much at the snap of the football because they have one or two D linemen down on the line, and they're pretty wide, more in the B gap, and that's allowing the center or the guards to get a free release to the linebackers, and they're getting to the second level too easy. When the Packers play more with more people around the line of scrimmage, they tend to do a lot better. But I think the scheme is just crap. Joe Barry's system does not work. The the system that they get it from um, does not work as well anymore. The Vic Fangio scheme, it doesn't, it's not as effective as it used to be. And I think Fangio is even more uh, adapt to using different adjustments than what he normally runs. But I don't like Joe Barry. I don't think Joe Barry should have got the job to begin with. I don't think he should have the job now. And I, as I said last week, whatever happens moving forward with the defense, the only person to blame, the only person to look in that mirror to blame is Matt LaFleur. Uh, He is responsible for whatever happens the rest of the season. Defensively, their effort was a joke. Their effort was not very good. And either be a scheme or what, not 100% sure. But I would like to see what a new defensive coordinator does. Last week's show, I talked about some different options for the Packers at that defensive coordinator position. And I, I hope they do make the move. And moving on to this week with the Vikings, they're going to be without Jair Alexander. And that's kind of been the the talk of the town uh, the past uh, couple days. He, he, in the game against Carolina, he inserted himself as the captain when he was not picked to be a captain that week. He shows up in the captain huddle and makes the decision, heads or tails, and then he almost botched it from there. The official, thankfully, kind of understood what he meant and was like, well, you mean you want to defer, right? Because the official could have just went with what Alexander said and said, okay, you're kicking, and the the Panthers get to decide in the second half what they want to do. The official easily could have done that, in my in my opinion. He easily could have done that, and that's typically what you end up seeing in these type of situations. So I, I know people have said, if you're that upset with him, why not deal with it at that moment and not play him against Carolina? Well, the problem, there's a couple of things to kind of look at. 
first of all, was it a front office decision? So your Goody Murphy uh, ball, was it their decision or was it Matt LaFleur's decision? That's one thing to look at. I think it had more with the front office's decision to suspend them for a game. Rob Domotsky was on, I want to say, KBN on ESPN Wisconsin. It might have, I think it was on KBN. And he was saying that where the media sits in the press box, the Packer front office people are pretty much right behind the media. And he couldn't quite make out what was being said or who was saying what. But they didn't sound too happy or too pleased up in the press box when Alexander inserted himself as team captain. And then Matt LaFleur comments that it's never just one thing. So I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about Involving Jair Alexander. I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And maybe this is what Jair Alexander needs in order to get him um, focused again. Because like I said, when Alexander is focused, he is a very good defensive back in the NFL when he is focused. But the problem is he's not always focused. And maybe suspending him for a game helps refocus him. And the reason why I think, too, that there's been more going on behind the scenes, uh, when Jason Wody from ESPN Wisconsin, he he talked with um, Jair for about a minute, maybe two, uh, you know, maybe two minutes. He talked to Jair, and Jair was hinting at he doesn't talk to coach. I don't know if it was a gardening the injury, or what it was. And then LaFleur sounded frustrated a couple weeks ago when he was asked a question about it being frustrating that Alexander's injury, and he's like, yeah, Alexander's been frustrating. I think he was letting a little bit, a little behind-the-curtain stuff known there, too. I honestly think he was. But you don't do what Alexander did. You don't insert yourself as captain. And I get Alexander is from North Carolina. He went to high school there. He's playing in North Carolina for the first time since high school. And I get it. He wants to be recognized as a captain. But you haven't played in like six weeks. You have not been on the field in six weeks. And you can't just insert yourself as the captain and take over that responsibility. If you have an issue, if you have a problem, be a man about it and talk to the coach. Talk to the floor. Talk to your position coach. If you're not comfortable talking to the floor and say, hey, look, I'm from Carolina. I'm from North Carolina. I would like to be recognized in my home city. And it gets straightened out differently. But he just took it upon himself to be a team captain and said, I'm coming up for the coin toss. I I know there's a lot of people, you know, comparing it to 
hey, Joe Barry still has a job. It's not fair. You suspend Jair, but you continue to employ Joe Barry. It's two different things. Joe Barry's not being insubordinate. He's bad at his job, and he should lose his job, but he's not being insubordinate. He's just bad at his job, and he'll likely lose his job at, as soon as the season ends in 2023. As soon as this season ends, as soon as the Packer-Bear game is done, if the, assuming the Packers don't make the playoffs, or as soon as their playoff game is done, I'm pretty sure Joe Barry's out of a job. Alexander's being insubordinate. He's putting himself above the team, and he's putting himself above the team, and he is putting the coach and the coaching staff in a very awkward situation. They have a young team. They're looking to see how the coaches react to what Alexander did. And if you let Alexander get away with it, well, guess what? They're going to think, well, if he can do things like this, I can do it too. And I think this is where the Packers are missing Joe Witt in the, in the defensive back room. Because I think Joe Witt kept him in check quite a bit. But that's enough on Alexander. I support the suspension. I think it had to be done. He needs to refocus himself. And like I said, I think it had to be done. Moving on to Packers Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium in the nice domed stadium on Sunday night. Uh, eight about 720 kickoff and the Vikings got the better of the Packers earlier this season and it was probably the last and I'm not even going to call it a bad game but it's probably the last not very good game Jordan Love has played since that game against Minnesota he's looked significantly better so something obviously clicked following the last Minnesota game, because then he went on to have his best game of the season against the Rams, played a very strong game in Pittsburgh in that loss, played great against the Chargers, played great against Detroit, played great against the Chiefs, bounced back and finished strong against the Giants, played really well against Tampa Bay, and played great against Carolina. I think this is going to be a very good matchup for Jordan Love and the defense that the Vikings want to run. They 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 attack the quarterback. They blitz a lot. They send a lot of pressure. They try to get home. And Hunter is one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. And Zach Tom's going to have his hands full against Hunter. Hicks and Pace Jr. at linebackers are also pretty talented players. And Harrison Smith is still a very good safety in the back half of that defense. Offensively, Got to protect Jordan Love. I think having Reed and Wicks uh, back in this game, Reed's practice this week, Wicks has not. I think having Reed back definitely is going to open things up offensively for you. Also having Jordan Love is going to, I mean, sorry, Aaron Jones is going to be very helpful to Jordan Love as well. If the Packers can get the, the, uh, the running game going, and establish that run, it's going to open up the play action. And you're also going to slow down the pass rush that the Vikings are going to try to get at you with the blitz if you're able to get that run going. 
and guys are going to have to hesitate in the play action, and you might open up guys down the field. And that's where you have your guys like Jaden Reed in the slot or Wicks uh, making plays. And Romeo Dobbs just continues to make big catches after big catches for this Packer wide receiver core as well. Defensively, the Vikings are going to be starting a rookie in Jalen Hall. He's going to be getting uh, his first start of the season. The Vikings have two pretty good tackles. Um, they have two. They have two very good tackles in Darslow and O'Neal. Interior could use a little work. Kenny Clark seems to to eat against this Viking offensive line and Bradbury. He seems to dominate Bradbury anytime they play. And if you want to beat this rookie quarterback, the Vikings don't run the ball very well. You need to put pressure on Hall and get in his face and force him to rush his decisions, or you could have some problems. Now, Jefferson is one of the top, if not the top wide receivers in the NFL. You got, and you're you're going to be without your top defensive back in Alexander. You have to get pressure on him to not allow him to get time to find Jefferson down the field. Ultimately, the Packers got to win. If the Packers want to play playoff football, and I would like them to play playoff football, I don't understand why fans don't want them to play playoff football. I really don't because I think playing playoff football is going to be better long-term for this Packer team and their growth and development. I want them to win. I want them to play playoff football. And I think Green Bay is going to get the win. The Vikings offensively don't really offer you much in the run game, as I mentioned. Um, I think you can definitely get pressure on the, the rookie quarterback. And you're going to have to get pressure on the rookie quarterback to make him um, make him uncomfortable and that you, that's how you make rookie quarterbacks make mistakes. And I do have concern with Joe Barry going up against an inexperienced quarterback because Joe Barry team seems to put game plans together against guys like Jared Goff and guys like Pat Mahomes and they do a pretty uh pretty good job in those situations. But when you go up against your DeVitos, you go up against your Mayfield, you go up against your uh, Bryce Young, he tends to struggle. And that is concerning to me going into this game. Can Joe Barry put a scheme together that is going to make Hall uncomfortable and make those mistakes? The Packers have not had an interception since the Rams game. I They're due for an interception. They're due for an interception. Quay Walker should have had an interception the last time these two teams played. Hit him right in the hands and he dropped it. I think they're due for an interception. And I think Eric Stokes gets one. And I think Eric Stokes takes it to the house. And that's what's going to end up being the X factor in this game for the Packers is Stokes gets an interception and gets points off the interception. 
using defense to create offense. So with that, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to talk Bucks uh, probably over the weekend uh, or early next week. They've been playing some very good basketball, and I don't really want to go much longer because I people tend to tune out the longer I go. So podcasts will be available anywhere podcasts are found uh, probably early tomorrow. And every I'm going to kind of next week talk about the Packer and the Packer game against the Vikings. Recap that. Talk Badger Bowl game. They have a bowl game coming up uh, Monday against LSU. Going to talk about the top sports stories of 2023. And I'm also going to lay out um, what Talking Sports with Evan is going to look like in 2024. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in, watching the show. I appreciate it. And I will get back at you next week, hopefully talking about another um, Packer victory. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'll get back at you next week.